0: Welcome to Just Thinking, with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week to week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. It's another edition of the Just Thinking broadcast. I am Virgil Walker, and I am Daryl Harrison. What you know, Omaha? What's going I'm, on, man? I'm I'm
1: trying to make some stuff happen, man. Just uh, I, I I might as well throw it out there before you even get started, man. I'm, I'm heartbroken. I'm licking my wounds from the OU Texas, yep. uh, football game, man. I'm trying to, you know, I I, I really wanted to kind of just call in sick today. I know I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously thought about it, man. I thought I'm just gonna call my brother and be like, you know what, I'm sick today. You know, I wouldn't even be lying. I wouldn't even be
0: lying. Well, you here's know? the thing. You you wouldn't have been able to call in sick anyway, because this podcast is a right to podcast ministry. So we're not union. So you don't get sick leave. I don't get sick leave. You don't get sick time. <laughs> we're, we're not a union uh, entity here. I so don't get, get sick no pay. Sick time, nope, no, no sick pay. pay. <laughs> Nothing at all, you're just gonna have to wallow in your ministry misery. You know what I thought about though, given uh how i I watched that game yesterday yeah. that was yeah. an incredible game it uh, was. Oklahoma and Texas. Yep. The Red River rivalry is what yes. they call it. Yes. The Red River showdown. Yes. yes. Red River showdown. Yes. Oklahoma comes back from a 21 point deficit. Yes. Ties the game up, ends up losing by three. Three. And uh, Omaha, I don't know if you are a classical music fan like I am. But one of my right. favorite classical pieces is uh, Mo- Mozart's Requiem. Uh huh. P- Yep, and you you know what a requiem is? You I, can know, a I know, requiem, a requiem. right? And, and for you know a, a funeral mass. <laughs> uh, so I I thought for you a thought second they send it to
1: me. You was gonna send send something like that to me? No,
0: nah, what I was, what I thought about doing in lieu of sending you a, a an audio clip of Mozart's Requiem and did right. a, a requiem being a, being a funeral mass. Right? Um, I thought we'd take a moment of silence here at the top of the, the episode. <laughs> That's just wrong, man. That's we just take wrong. a moment of silence for uh really, for really Omaha's uh o- Oklahoma Sooners whose uh, uh that was heartbreaking, national man. championships aspirations took our, our, a serious, serious dive, took a serious hit. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pause here for half a second. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> now, <laughs> Man, I I feel the love,
1: brother. I feel the love. I get it. I get it. It's all good. Hey,
0: hey, listen, if if we weren't brothers, see, I couldn't have done that. I could not have done that. I, (laughs) I could not have gone there. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I knew you'd understand. I knew you'd take it in the good spirits. Absolutely, uh, it's, it's purely in jest. But what a game! That what, a was. game. what a game! What a I game! I fi- think
1: i figured, man, my sanctification must have needed some checking. Indeed, you know, from a standpoint of any idolatry that was in right. me. Here's right.
0: here's the opportunity to make sure that's out.
1: Yeah. You know, all of yeah. that good stuff. First, so. First
0: John five one. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. Absolutely, you know, so absolutely. E- e- even in the things that God gives us to enjoy. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing, nothing like a, a rivalry game loss, right? right? To kind of right. bring to it back to reality. That
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: That, at least you can never say that I, that I didn't care about how something like that would affect you. So you did get your half hey, a second of silence. I, I got
1: the I got the half second. I felt the love, man. All right, man. I All did, right, man. I I, I, I no that. That's <laughs> how, how did how did you guys fare, man? The 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 uh, Georgia Tech yellow jackets, man, how'd y'all do?
0: Yeah so the jackets uh my jackets pretty much destroyed Louisville. I think oh, they nice. like 66 to 31 or something like that. And then mm-hmm. uh, UGA University of Georgia man remained undefeated. You know we took out uh Vanderbilt it was homecoming uh, mm-hmm. this weekend. So just look out Vanderbilt, but next week, man, we're on the road against LSU, but LSU lost over the yeah, weekend th-
1: against Florida. Yeah. Against
0: Florida. So uh, I think LSU might be a little bit extra motivated. Right. Uh, come next week to sort of uh, put that uh, first loss on Georgia and, you mm-hmm. know, sort of disrupt their uh, national championship hopes as well. So mm-hmm. it, it continues to stay interesting. Now today, uh, for 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 new listeners to the Just Thinking uh, broadcast, Virgil and I record these episodes on Sundays at six PM Eastern Time. So today is NFL uh, Sunday, and my my Falcons mm-hmm. just took a huge loss, a really bad loss today. So we dropped to one and four. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think uh, I, you know the playoffs don't look realistic at all for us at this point. Even mm-hmm. though the Super Bowl is going to be here in Atlanta. Oh wow. This season. Yeah. So we, you know, there were hopes going into the year that wow, maybe this will be the first time that a an NFL team actually plays in the Super Bowl in its own host stadium. Uh, but that's not looking likely at all at this point. So uh so we lost to the Steelers today. Uh great game by Roethlisberger and the Steelers uh uh today to to uh to, yeah, we we got beat pretty bad, 41 seventeen. So oh, wow. um you know, but uh but yeah, I'm more of a college uh sports fan than I am, yeah. a pro sports fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so you know, I, I I take the Falcons' loss for what it is. It's just a game. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Well, so good, good stuff, man.
1: No, I had to take it in stride and good fun, man, and and uh, and enjoy. There's a couple of folks up here that that are Texas fans, and I, you know, I get with them and kind of rib them, and they rib back, and we have a good time with it. So it's all good, man. It's all well, good. It's, it's all good. good. I'm looking forward to tonight, man. About what we're gonna tee up and talk about, and and, uh, and get into and that whole deal I know y- you and I had kind of kind of touched on this subject briefly but but it, it almost it almost bears revisiting from time to time as we have a tendency to really uh, confuse you know, what, who and what the church? Who the church is, and and what the church is designed to actually accomplish? And uh, man, as I as as I'm a novice on on Twitter, and and I told you kind of at the at the start, man, when we were teeing things up, I, I blame you for any interaction that I actually have <laughs> on Twitter because I was never a Twitter guy. I was always kind of I did my thing on Facebook. You know, I'm almost maxed out on followers there. And I never really got on twitter it Twitter moves too fast for me i i you really? gotta i I think so, or maybe i maybe i'm just not maybe I'm just slow daryl i mean i I have no idea, but it's it moves too fast for me and I have a difficult time at times following specific threads I'm getting better. Yeah. uh only because of of your influence and 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 how you know how how i mean i think you've got what twelve twelve thousand 12,000 followers at this point somewhere in yeah, there. yeah about
0: 125 yeah somewhere around there and yeah. uh yeah you know i can't explain it either uh but you know if you want to blame me for that you go right ahead yeah, man. Yeah, i get i, I get blamed am. for everything else so. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well throw your I social media yeah, yeah, throw yeah. that in there too cuz yeah, i get yeah. blamed for everything else yeah. Yeah, I I definitely blame you.
1: I want to say when I came when, when you and I connected and, and I got on on Twitter and I was on Twitter, I mainly did it to follow with my college football stuff. And that was really about it. I think I had I think, Daryl, I had maybe three, four at best, at best 500. And I think I'm actually exaggerating. I think it was closer to 300 followers or so when we first connected. And, and I think I'm at about 1,700. Now that's that's not a that's not a massive number by any stretch, but uh, but but the but the vast majority of that is based upon the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm I co-host the show and I follow and I follow in your wake. So that's kind of what. Uh, what has transpired there, but it's been it has been an absolutely interesting man watching. I love I love your writing. I love how you communicate. And it's been interesting watching kind of as I as I kind of peek over your shoulder to see what you're writing and how people are responding to you. Some of the interactions that you've had in the last couple of days about the issue of the church. Uh, and ethnicity and the intentionality around hiring and, and 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 all of that with regard to diversity and and those kinds of things and things really kind of kind of blew up there were two tweets in particular that caught a lot of attention uh both both positive and and primarily negative and and then of course with the Kavanaugh stuff that was kind of thrown in there as as kind of extra spice on the side but 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 tonight I know we're going to talk about how the how there's this this dogmatic idea that the church should be ethnically as ethnically diverse as the communities in which it serves, uh, and, and then also with regard to the the intentionality around hiring based upon uh, on. On, on color, uh, via ethnicity. And, and so we're going to tee that up touch base on that tonight. And I know you've got a number of questions and, and my, 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 plan is to interact with you as we, as we kind of talk about this subject and, uh, and, and cover it for what it's worth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's actually become somewhat of a mantra mm-hmm. out there, especially within the, uh, woke, uh, community within evangelicalism, mm-hmm. this mantra, almost and you use the word correctly. It's all, it's become a dogma. Uh, within uh, social justice evangelicalism in that the church should look like the community it serves. Uh, So this topic came up again on my Twitter feed uh, this week where I posted a comment and then someone replied to it. And their their reply to my comment was that it Mm. was that statement. It was that the church should look like the community it serves now. I'm still trying to find that in scripture. you trying to find book chapter verse? I'm trying to find book chapter verse. Mm. listen, I've even checked the Apocrypha, and I can't <laughs> <write it. laughs> see you were wrong for that one that's how wrong hard. For that one. yeah, that's how hard I'm looking for this see, I, I last last week, somebody
1: tweeted me and was like they were cracking up on my Joyce Meyer comment this week. I know they're gonna di- di- hit you for that Apocrypha. <laughs> That apocrypha comment. I know you're going to get hit for that one. <laughs> so so it's,
0: it's almost like a new missiology. It's not really new, mm-hmm. but it's sort of resurrected. It's so, we're, we're sort of uh, revisiting it yet again, mm. where this movement is placing emphasis on physical aesthetics, the physical visage of the church with, res- with specific respect to ethnic diversity. Mm-hmm. and again it's a it's being regurgitated as a dogma almost mm-hmm. as a command it's as right. if it's as if this was the lost eleventh commandment that God gave Moses from Mount Sinai or something right. like that right right uh, uh, and there are various individuals, various pockets of evangelicalism that really believe that and mm-hmm. and really use it. In the sense of uh, how we should be going about, uh, not just evangelizing folks, but forming congregational unity within the church, mm. in that they're exalting almost ethnicity, and that's what I mean by aesthetics. They're they're mm-hmm. exalting physical aesthetics, physical characteristics above spiritual conversion right so i really want to take a very fundamental look at some very basic questions that are intrinsic with that assertion that the church should look like the community it serves now it's funny because people who make that statement who make that assertion they are assuming that let, let me let me backtrack. It's not that they're assuming they they make that statement with white evangelical churches in mind. I was
1: I was going to say that that's that's really the presupposition. That's the presupposition. Yeah, the presupposition is that this is aimed at white, at predominantly white churches. That if right. they're not because they never think to say that no one would ever think to aim that level that charge at a at a quote unquote black church.
0: Right. At a "quote-unquote" black church, they will never make that charge, and that's what's so concerning, and dare I say, hypocritical about folks who make that uh, make that declaration that the church should look like the community it serves, because they segment out black churches mm-hmm. and they don't hold black churches to that same standard. Right? You see, now I can take you to some churches on the west side of Atlanta that are holy, congregationally speaking, they are holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. They are holy black. Why are they holy black? Because, interestingly enough, the communities that they serve are totally black. Mm -hmm. They're comprised completely of black residents. Now, I don't see anyone applying that sort of... uh, I don't want to call it an edict, but for lack of a better word, they are not holding predominantly black churches to that same standard, where, whereby they must diversify their congregations as well. Mm-hmm. But you don't hear that. You mm-hmm. don't hear that targeted at them. So this sort of adage that the church must, the church should look like the community it serves is targeted exclusively at white churches. So, So it's predominantly white churches that are being accused of not being ethnically diverse enough and the reason that they're not the default reason for why they're not more ethnically diverse is because they're racist because it's because it's it's uh, it's an organized uh choreographed uh deliberate effort to not ethnically diversify their congregation so you have two things going on here number one black churches are excused from this standard. Mm -hmm. And then number two, white churches are blamed for not meeting this standard because they're racist. They're inherently racist with no evidence whatsoever. So what we're going to talk about, hopefully in this episode of the just thinking broadcast is not only why some churches are not ethnically diverse, but we're going to go further back to that. We're really going to look fundamentally at some basic. uh, I'm talking about ABC one, two, three that Mm -hmm. basic, some questions that we need to uh, ask and answer before we even get to how unbiblical a a declaration like that is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one of the first things I want us to look at here, Omaha is, what is the church yeah, what's what good is the church for someone to say that the church should look like the community it serves, they just sort of subjectively put that out there again as if as if there's book chapter verse that I can go to and see that um you know as a command from uh God the question. In, in making that statement that the church looked like the community it serves, the question must be asked: What is the church? Mm-hmm. Because there's
2: are "Go ahead."
1: I was just going to say, basically, basically, we're going to we're going to in this episode do kind of some 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 ecclesiology one one. This is this is ecclesiology 101, Going back and asking just basic questions around right. around what 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 is the church? I love it. Let's do it. We're going to do some
0: ecclesiology one on one. We're going to do some missiology one on one. Yeah, absolutely. Know, okay? Absolutely. And we're going to do some theology one on one. Come on, let's do it. They're all they're all related. They're all related. Absolutely. So let's take some ecclesiology one on one first. What is the church? The 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 asserts the attestation is this that the church should look like the community it serves. Now look like is is uh translated means the church should be ethnically diverse. All churches should be ethnically diverse. Is basically what the statement is 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 mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. But what is the church? So now in answering that question, what is the church? I think there's some very, very important things we need to consider here. Number one, we need to remember that the church is supernatural in both its origin and its purpose. Mm. The church is supernatural. The church as an entity is a supernatural entity. Now, why do I make that point? I make that point because we we make the mistake often of thinking of the church primarily in temporal terms. That is we view the church as a gathering or congregating of a group of people every Sunday or Wednesday at a building that has right. a roof and four walls. Right. So that's what I mean by temporal. We have a temporal view of the church. And though that may be an accurate description of a church, it is not the biblical definition of the church. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, number one, I want to point out that the church is supernatural. Is that the church is supernatural, by definition, what I'm implying there is that it is both formed and exists outside of ourselves and our power as sinful human beings. It, see, you see, if it were left up to you and me, Omaha, there would be no such thing as the church. Mm-hmm. Because we would never desire to be rescued from our sins to begin with. Right. And, right. And so, so remember, what does it say in Ephesians 2? Verses one through three. What does it say there in Ephesians two? Verses one through three. Yeah. A, reading we're from dead. the non. Go ahead. Yeah, I, oh, no, no. go ahead. Go ahead go ahead Yeah, I, I was just about to read from the non-Armenian standard. Line. Yeah yeah yeah. I fi- I figured you were. I was gonna interject
1: before you did. and I thought you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna let him do his thing. He's he's got that. He's got that NASB. He's trying to work with. I'm gonna leave my luck Standard. I'm gonna leave it closed for now. So I'm gonna let you. I'm going to let you do your thing, man. Let me back up. (laughs) All right,
0: man. Yeah, you do that. Back on up. Back on up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So again, the church is supernatural. And that's important, you see, because we have to view the church as a supernatural entity, not as a temporal entity, because the church as a temporal entity is so antithetical to our nature. We would never, as sinful human beings, never have thought, of such an idea as the church that makes ourselves accountable, not only to God, but to one another. And why is that? Why would the church be such a foreign idea to us? Well, let's look at Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three. Paul writes this, he says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formally walked. That is, that was your formal life as a way of life that you walked in your trespasses and sins as habitual way of life. Paul continues according to the course of this world, according to the Prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience among them. We too all formerly now listen to this lived in the lusts of our flesh. Again, that was a way of life for us. Mm. Indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath. So again, if it were left up to us, we would never conceive of such an idea as the church because we were fully content to spend our lives indulging in the flesh. Absolutely. Pleasing our flesh. And as Paul says, indulging in the lusts of the flesh and the desires of the flesh, we would have been totally content doing, to continue doing that, as a way of life as we were doing before God brought us to faith in him through his son, Jesus. So it's very important that we view the church as a supernatural thing. Amen. It is not a temporal thing. It is not a natural thing. It is supernatural. Look at Galatians chapter three, verse 27. Mm-hmm. Paul writes this. He says, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, have closed yourself with christ you see the church is comprised of believers it is not comprised of unbelievers the church is a body of believers and how does belief happen virgil belief happens supernaturally Supernaturally. absolutely (laughs) So, so so am i making sense here absolutely Okay, so we we have to start fundamentally with answering the question, for anyone who would declare that the church should look like the community it serves, you must uh, have a biblical understanding of what is the church. The church is supernatural in both its origin and its purpose. The church is comprised of believers Mm -hmm. and people come to be believers in God. Subsequently, they become members of the church. But prior to that, coming to faith in God is solely a supernatural act, Mm -hmm. a supernatural monogistic act whereby Mm -hmm. God regenerates your heart so that you come to faith in him Mm -hmm. through his son, Jesus Christ. And at that point you instantaneously become a part of the body. That is the church. Amen. So it's fundamental for us to understand what is the church now, again, someone may be asking, well, why is this background on the church and trying to define what the church is? Why is this even important? Why is this relevant? It's well, foundational. It's, it's absolutely foundational.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, the reason it's foundational is because of texts like John chapter 6, verse 44,
1: mm-hmm. one
0: of the most troublesome texts today, mm-hmm. that those who are anti-Christ, um, anti uh, exclusivity of Christ as it relates to uh, being the only way of God. Listen to John six forty four. John six forty four. Jesus says this. He says, "No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him." Now, why is this text in particular germane to? Answering the question, what is the church as it relates to someone saying, Well, the church should look like the community it serves. Well, the reason John 644 is key is because that verse is unambiguous mm-hmm. in that no one can come into the local church whom God does not first call by regenerating their heart into the church universal. Amen. I want to repeat that. John 6, 44, no one can come. You are totally unable to come to Christ unless the father draws you to him. Mm-hmm. So no one is going to be a part of the church whom God does not draw to himself. Right. Now that's one reason a church may not be as ethnic, ethnically diverse as these woke brothers and sisters declare it should be Mm -hmm. because God hasn't called them. If you've not been called to faith in Christ, you're not part of the church. Right. And we are, we already have believers out there right now, Omaha who don't go to church. Right. They just don't go. Mm -hmm. Now, what am I supposed to do about that? Am, Am I responsible for making sure every professing believer who doesn't physically visit or who is physically not a member of a local body of believers is in church every Sunday. Is that my responsibility? No, no, it's not. But that notwithstanding, the larger point is this, the church universal that takes priority and preeminence over the church local. Because if you're not a believer to begin with, if God has not drawn you to Christ, you're not going to be a member of the Church Universal. Mm -hmm. Consequently, you are not a member of the Church Local. Mm. So it's fundamental that we understand what we need to define what is the Church. You know, if you want to be so brash as to say, "Well, the Church should look like the community it serves," well, okay, what's what's the Church? We need to start there. That's yeah. number one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Continuing my train of thought on this. It's, it's kind of like I said earlier, you know, we tend to take a more temporal view of the church and that we look at the church as just a, the, the the physical location where we, right. where we gather on Sundays and mm-hmm. Wednesdays to meet. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to say something here that folks may find a little bit controversial like this, like that's something new, right? <laughs> But I want you guys to hear me out on this. The point I want to make, the second point I want to make here is that the church did not begin in Acts chapter two. Mm. The church did not begin at Pentecost. No, it didn't. The church has been an idea in the mind of God for all eternity. Yeah. Really? It has. Uh, I say that on the basis of texts such as Titus chapter two, mm. verse, verses 11 through 14, Titus mm-hmm. two Verses 11 through 14. Now we're going to exposit this one a little bit after I read Titus two verses 11 through 14 for the grace of God has appeared. I want you to take note of that phrase has appeared. Mm -hmm. For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation. Note that phrase as well, bringing salvation for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed. Now, here's the key as we wrap up verse 14 of Titus 2. And to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good works. Now, that was Titus 2, verses 11 through 14. Mm. If you want a biblical definition of the church, there you have it in Titus 2, verse 14. A people for his own possession. That's the church Mm. in a nutshell. Omaha, any thoughts on that before I continue?
1: No, I I mean, I I love it. I was just going to add to kind of what... What you were going to what you were going to share there, In my mind, when as you were talking immediately uh, in order to validate kind of what you were saying, that this was a, this was the, 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 that the church was a mystery in the mind of God. I mean, it was a mystery to us. To uh, us? It was clear in the mind of God that we would we would understand. And I, my my mind immediately went to Ephesians three, you know, where mm-hmm. where, where Paul kind of begins to unpack what. What it was, what was the plan of God all along that we may not have understood, but it would be through progressive revelation that, 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 that we would all come to understand, come to the knowledge that it was indeed the whole, the, the whole of humanity, not just Jews, but also Gentiles mm-hmm. who would be a part of the body of Christ. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at Ephesians uh, of 3. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start in uh, start in verse verse four. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I've got the elect standard Alexander. version. Yeah, that, that that I'm reading from. It's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it says, "When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same." body and partakers mm-hmm. of the promise in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus through the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so, so we, we are part of mm-hmm. that body, which was in the mind of God from the beginning, a mystery made known to us uh, over the course of God's progressive revelation through the scripture.
0: And see, to your point about mystery, which I think is a fantastic point. I think uh, you may or may not agree with me, Omaha on this. You can chime in on this, mm-hmm. but I I'm convinced that there is a connection. Uh, eschatologically, between God's goal in Titus two fourteen, where we mm-hmm. just read mm-hmm. that the goal was to purify for Himself a people for His own possession, I think there's a connection that can be made between Titus two fourteen and the creation ordinance in Gen- Genesis nine seven, mm. where God said to be fruitful and multiply, populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. Mm. Now I say that because it is from we who populated the earth over the millennia that God is building his church mm-hmm. is building his kingdom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think the argument can be made with respect to the mystery being revealed. I think that's part of the mystery. This is Absolutely. that Genesis nine, seven is ultimately right. Um, eschatologically speaking, a part of that mystery. So it's Absolutely. a huge component. Of what that mystery was, but what I really want to point out, going back to titus two mm-hmm. verse fourteen, where it says the goal here <clears throat> the goal of god uh the grace of God appearing was for God to purify for himself a people for his own possession Amen. when you consider the words there in Titus two eleven for the grace of God has appeared mm. now. That phrase, the grace of God, that's just another description of Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. The grace of God has appeared in Christ, okay, bringing salvation Mm -hmm. to all men. Now, that that phrase, that verb phrase has appeared bringing salvation in verse 11 of Titus 2. I think that denotes that Christ appearing, okay, which again, that text is described as the grace of God. I think that phrase has appeared bringing salvation. It indicates that that was planned by God beforehand. Yeah. To your point. Now, again, I'm tying this into my second point that the church did not begin in Acts chapter two, Mm. that it, that the, that the church was in the mind of God from eternity. Yeah. Okay. And that Genesis nine, seven, in the creation ordinance to be fruitful and multiply and and multiply abundantly in the earth is part of God's plan to purify for himself a people for his own possession. So this Mm -hmm. is a connection I'm making. But in Titus 2.11, where it says, for the grace of God has appeared, that verb phrase has appeared is very important because I think it's pointing to the fact that the grace of God, that is Jesus Christ appearing, was something God had ordained and had planned for all of eternity. Yeah. So the church is not some new uh, idea that sort of came about in Acts chapter 2. We may see the, shall we say, the manifestation of that right. idea. Right. But the idea itself was in the mind of God from all eternity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we need to understand, number one, we talked about what the church is, but then in in understanding what the church is, we shouldn't just start at Acts chapter two at Pentecost. Right. As the uh, point of origin of the New Testament church. No, the idea for the church was in God's mind from all eternity. Mm -hmm. That's why Titus 11 says the grace of God has appeared. Because has appeared, it, it connotes that there was something that God had a plan, but now it has come to fruition.
2: Mm.
0: Now it has come to material fruition, to tangible fruition in Christ. Okay, so again, fundamentally, to uh, to sort of dissecting and even exegeting, if you will, expositing on this notion that the church should look uh, as ethnically diverse as the community it serves. You know, foundationally we need to talk about what the church is. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Secondarily, what I want to talk about is whose church is it? (laughs) Whose church is it? Because Mm -hmm. I think I think to some degree, there is a degree to which when somebody says to me, Well, no, the church should look as ethnically diverse as the community. It serves. I think for someone to make that so dogmatic a statement, what they are is they're robbing God of his possession. Right. So whose church is it? Is it mine to where I can say what the church ought to look like? No. No. Again, we just talked about what the church is. And in talking about that, we already discussed. How the church was an idea in the mind of God for all eternity. So, no, let's talk about whose church is it? Because I think we need to answer that question. Mm -hmm. All right. So Colossians 118. Colossians 118A says, He that is Christ is also the head of the body, the church. Yes. So the question, whose church is it, is answered right there. And in answering that question, whose church is it, is also answering. Whose church it is not.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Colossians one eighteen is unambiguous in declaring that Christ is the head of the body, the church. The the, the throughout the epistles, the church is used metaphor. The the, the phrase of the body is used metaphorically to refer to the church. Right. So in reading Colossians one eighteen, in the, in Paul declaring whose church it is he's intrinsically declaring whose church it is not right. And it is, it is not my church so that I can declare to speak into existence. All right.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) The
0: idea that no, uh, your church is not ethnically diverse enough. Right. Uh, yeah, I've done, I've run the numbers. I've done the research. The zip code that you live in is actually 40% black, uh, 22%, uh, white, uh, twelve percent Asian, three percent Hispanic. Your church needs to mirror those statistics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, who am I to say that, right? Um, and and looking at that question, um, Omaha, I'm looking at uh Acts chapter thirteen, verse forty-eight. Mm-hmm. Acts thirteen, verse forty-eight. Now, as an aside note, this is one of the verses that kind of opened my eyes to. Uh, reformed theology and the doctrine of election. I think this is a key text, but that's for another episode. <laughs> but as it relates to the question of whose church is it, we talked earlier, right, Virgil, about how the church is supernatural. Well, here's a text that sort of underscores that. Points that out. Acts chapter 13, verse 48. When the Gentiles heard this, let me, matter of fact, let me back up mm-hmm. to verse 46 mm-hmm. of Acts 13. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first since you repudiated and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles for so the Lord has commanded us. I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. And here's Acts 13 verse 48. When the Gentiles heard this. They began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to Mm. eternal life believed. Amen. Now, for the person who is so dogmatic about local congregations aesthetically appearing ethnically diverse to their personal subjective satisfaction right what do you do with a verse like this yeah you
1: should you should submit you should <laughs> you should you should bow the the whole woke theology that the whole woke theology's knee should bow to the to the clarity of the scripture
0: that's Absolutely. what should, that's,
1: that's what should happen. That's what I mean, happen. I, I want to go back to go back to Colossians one. I mean, you, you kind of, you hit on the key text in verse 18, but man, if you, you go back and start in, uh, in, in, in 14, even 16, I mean, cause Paul, Paul is dealing with the issue of, of Christ's preeminence. If you have any question about who's really in control, verse 16 of chapter one in Colossians says for by him being Jesus, Uh, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all, all things hold together. And as it pertains to the church, if there was any, if there was any ambiguity about it, as it pertains to the church, that indeed too is his. So your hands are off of everything that pertains to
0: him. Everything. Your hands are off of everything. That's a great point. I like how you phrased that. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your hands are off, off everything, everything mm-hmm. having to do with the whole formula, if you will, of salvation.
1: Right. That's good.
0: Which brings people into the church to begin with. Mm-hmm. We cannot lose sight of that. What brings a person into the church to begin with? Mm-hmm. What you just pointed out in Colossians 1 is a building block on Acts 13, 48, mm-hmm. which says, and as many as have been appointed to eternal life, believed God is sovereign. Now that's not a Testament to the sovereignty of God and mm-hmm. who becomes a part of his body, namely the church. I don't know what is, mm. I don't know what is. And, Another building block here is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. Paul writes this. He says, but by his doing, that is God, by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. And anyone who is in Christ Jesus is also in what? In the church. Mm-hmm. You're in his body. Paul, I mean, the scriptures are so unambiguous. They're so clear on this on this mm-hmm. issue by his doing. So now if it is exclusively and totally and holy, like you just said, Virgil hands off, mm-hmm. if it's totally a, a work of God to bring you to faith in Christ, number one, monogism, that's monogistic him alone, bring God alone brings you to, to, to faith in Christ. And only those who have come to faith in Christ are part of His body. How could any one of us be so arrogant, yeah, as to declare what His body ought to look like? Right, right. We have absolutely nothing to do with that. Right. You see, we have this notion, Omaha, that especially as it relates to the Great Com- the Great Commission, rather mm-hmm. in Matthew 28, mm-hmm. 19 and twenty. We have this idea that as we go out and share the gospel that we're helping God out.
1: (laughs) Right, right.
0: That that we're helping God build his church. No, we're not. Right. No, we're not. Listen, we got it backwards.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We by God's grace are part of his story. He is not part of our story. Right. We got this thing backwards. Right. That God uses us to share the gospel, plant churches, um, you know, witness to people one-on-one like you do an awesome job at Omaha, Mm -hmm. especially with respect to your your abortion clinic ministry. Mm -hmm. Listen, that God uses us to do those things, we should never confuse God using us with God needing us. Right. And I think we've gotten that confused People who think are on sort of on this sort of pedestal, this high horse, saying no, 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 no. I'm sorry, uh, white evangelical church uh, in the suburbs. We we know why you're so white. It's because you're racist, right? You're racist. That's why you're so white. Has nothing to do with the fact that. Well. um, Maybe God hasn't appointed a non-white person to faith, come to faith in him, number one, and then draw that person to that local body. And mm-hmm. let me give you let me give you a personal example, uh, Omaha. I the, the church to which I currently belong mm-hmm. is I haven't run the data. I'm just throwing numbers off the top of my head based on what my observations are from attend, having attended there for four years now. hmm the, ethnically speaking, the congregation at the church where I attend now is probably ninety nine point nine eight percent white. See, that's that's
1: what's wrong with you. That, yeah. <laughs>
0: that <laughs> that's, that's what's me. wrong. Now we find out what the real deal is. Now, see, now hold it. on, I got some more. If you think that's a problem, okay. If you think that's what's wrong with me, mm-hmm. the church. I was a member of prior to this church, mm-hmm. where I was a member for five years, mm-hmm. was also about ninety nine point one percent white.
1: See, see,
0: that's, and that's the church problem.
1: prior to that. Oh, here you go. You're gonna just add insult to injury, right? You're just gonna add to a, it.
0: I might as well. You about to put well. it
1: all the way out there, right? <laughs>
0: I might as well, man, because if you see my social media footprint, what do I have to lose?
1: Right, right. You might as well go for it. You might. I've got
0: nothing to lose. Right. So, but the church. So this is the third iteration. Okay. So this this the church that I used to belong to, two churches ago, Mm -hmm. which I was a member of for quite a long time, Mm -hmm. was probably in the mid ninety percent white. Mm. Now. Why do I bring that up? Um, I bring that up because I'm reminded of a Paul Washer quote that I saw. Um, no, it was it was not Washer. I'm thinking of another quote by Washer, but this was Charles Spurgeon. This was a Spurgeon quote.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Spurgeon said, don't go to the church that's nearest to where you live. Go to the church that's nearest to the Bible. mm. Don't go I to the church that that's one. nearest where you live. Go to the church that's nearest to the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's why I bring up those three examples of the church that I currently belong to, the church prior to that, and the church prior to that, because that's where that's, those were churches that were nearest to the Bible. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the quote-unquote black church, as did you. Yeah, I did. But I didn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I wasn't learning anything, and this is not a black church, white church comparison. What I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make here is this, is that God is sovereign in the makeup of his church. Amen. Amen. If God places me in a church that's predominantly white, why is that problematic? It
1: shouldn't be. It should be a non-issue. Who's there and how many and what percent should be irrelevant. The real question is to the point that you just made is the Bible being preached whether that's a predominantly exactly black setting, right. whether a predominantly white setting predominantly Asian setting regardless God gets the glory for those who come into the kingdom I'll give this example man someone was asking me the other day about you know how many people how, how many how many people have have gotten saved by you under your ministry and uh, for me as soon as they said that the the record scratched because I'm thinking right. i me i I've saved no one no i have I've been responsible for zero salvation with regard to someone coming to saving faith. Now, where have I preached the gospel? Where have I shared the message of the gospel? We can have conversation about that. How often am I intentionally out sharing the message of the gospel? We can talk about that. But how many people I've, quote unquote, saved? The answer is zero. Zero. I've say, I've saved no one, and so one, one of the things I I, sh- I share is is an example of of my mom who would drive her car. I was like five years. Old. I remember this. I remember this this so crystal clear. So I would sit in the front seat. I'm old enough where you didn't have to wear a seatbelt in the front seat when you when you sat with mom and you could be young, you know, young and and do that. And uh, so I was sitting in the front seat with my mom. She's driving the car. And I said, mom, can I drive, can I drive? And she'd say, baby, you wanna drive? And I said, yeah, 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 let me drive. And so mom would say, okay, put your hand right here. And she would allow me to put my hand on the steering wheel. Now I thought this was the coolest thing since sliced bread because Mm -hmm. as as she was driving down the road I could feel the bumps of the road and kind of the car and, and kind of the engine. I could feel the roar of the engine just by placing my hand on the wheel. Now she was in complete driving control. She was she was handling the 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 brake speed. She was handling the, 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 the acceleration. She was handling the turning and everything. All she allowed me to do was put my hand on the wheel. And I look at salvation in the same way. My pro, my gospel mm-hmm. proclamation is simply my my being allowed by God to place my hand on the wheel of what He's planning to do. He, he's already worked awesome. that out in the hearts awesome. of those who, who he's called unto himself. And I get the opportunity through the proclamation of the gospel to place my hand on the wheel of his work.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen, That's, bro. That's beautiful. Beautiful description, beautiful metaphor there. Uh, analogy there, uh, Omaha. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I, I really don't know what more we can say about this other than to reiterate that again, the idea of the church has been God's idea from all eternity. Mm. Okay. The church is his church. We are not helping him. (laughs) Okay. We are not helping him at all. God does not need us. He does not need us at all. He said, right. Christ declared right to Peter. He said, I will build my church. Mm -hmm. Acts 17, 26 and 27. And he, that is God, and he made from one man, every nation, that word nation in the Greek is the word ethnos, from which we get our word in English, ethnicity. Mm -hmm. And he made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the faces of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, Mm -hmm. that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us now contrast acts 17 26 and 27 where it says the goal of god creating from one man that is from adam every ethnicity or every people group every peoples on the face of the earth was that they would seek god that they would grope for god that they would find god now contrast that with Matthew 23, verse 37. Matthew 23, 37 is where Jesus himself is lamenting over the stubbornness of the nation of Israel and their rejecting, rejection of him as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, we contrast Acts 17, 26, and 27 with these words from Jesus. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets yeah. and stones those who are sent to her how often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were unwilling. You were unwilling. Now, why is that verse important? Well, the verse is significant because many people are not in the church because they are unwilling to believe. Yeah. They're unwilling to believe in Jesus. And when we talk about the church, whether, you, whether or not you subscribe to the notion that the church should be as ethnically diverse as the communities that it serves whether you buy into that or not fundamental to even going there on that statement is understanding how the church is built the church is comprised of believers mm. some people regardless of their ethnicity aren't in the church local because they're not in the church Universal yeah because they don't believe now we haven't even touched on all the just day-to-day logistics and demographic issues whereby um, uh, people can't travel from one church to another right we haven't even touched on that and I think I think that's just secondary and tertiary to what the more important issues are but for anyone, to hold to the presupposition that white evangelical churches are white evangelical churches because they're racist that's a problem it's ridiculous yeah
1: yeah the the, the the presupposition that the whole reason rationale is because the whole reason rationale that a church primarily white evangelicals uh are are predominantly white. Uh, is is for the sheer fact that there is racism again. All, all of these allegations and charges, these presuppositions that are being held, are apart from any evidence uh, that would support that idea. But yet there are a lot of folks who hold to that idea, and and that's absolutely problematic, uh, Daryl. How how do, how do we go about addressing that man? Where do where do we go next in this
0: process? Well, I think fundamentally we ad- we 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 address that by you use the word submit earlier. We yeah. need to submit to the sovereignty of God. That is his church. We need to remind ourselves that it's his idea. The church is his idea. And if it's his idea, I think we need to kind of give God credit that he knows how to go about accomplishing that idea. God will build his church as Jesus promised that he would, because if we get into the business of buying into this notion that local congregations should be ethnically diverse in order to be validated as a legitimate church, you know what that forces you into doing? It forces you into identifying and counting people primarily by virtue of data points Mm -hmm. and categories. For instance, you will get into the business of trying to track well, what percentage of our attendees, and they, they really are just attendees, and I'm going to explain why I say that. What percentage of our attendees have white faces?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What percentage of our attendees have yellow faces? Uh, how many brown people do we have attending? every? How many black faces do we have? How many red people do we have? You see, so you start becoming concerned about data points and aesthetics as opposed to the spiritual condition of those ethnically diverse people. What good is it to have a, an ethnically diverse church when you don't know if those folks are on their way to hell? Mm. What good is that? What good is that to uh, create a church program or a billboard showing faces of various shades of melanin. All that does is give you a head count. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you what what God is concerned about, and I love the Gospel of John, because the Gospel of John, the, the one thing that is consistent through the Gospel of John is Jesus is looking for believers. Mm -hmm. believe 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 that is a in the gospel of john and that should be our concern as well how stupid of me would it be to go out and base my um evangelism today's tuesday i think i'll go find me an asian person today
1: right as as if you had any control over as if i had any
0: control over that yeah he that's what's so dumb. Let me just, I'm, I'm just going to call it what it is. It's <laughs> just absolutely dumb. Right. And you made the point just a second ago, Virgil. Listen, I don't save anyone. Mm-mm. And it's a testament to the fact that uh, what I reiterated earlier, God doesn't need me. Mm-mm. He doesn't need me. He's going to save who he's going to save without, with or without me. Mm-hmm. And even with me, he's not dependent on me, you see? Mm -hmm. So just the fact that we share the gospel and and we should uh, target people who be motivated by uh, uh, going to people who don't look like us, that's ridiculous. Mm. When you share the gospel with everybody, the whole ethnic diversity thing kind of takes care of itself. It
1: does, absolutely does.
0: Your motivation should be to carry out the gospel as God has gifted you and you share it with everybody and everybody being those instances that God opens the door for you to do that. Mm -hmm. One way I do that is through my writing. Mm -hmm. We do that through this podcast. Mm -hmm. I do that through my blog. I do that through other articles. You Virgil, I'm not gifted like you brother. I am not wired to go out, interact with people in person like you do in the abortion clinics mm-hmm. and uh, from pulpits uh, and things of that nature, God has gifted you to share the gospel in a way that's, that's primarily different from me, mm-hmm. you know, and all I, all we, our, our obligation is to be obedient to that Amen. call Amen. and Amen. then let God, now I won't say do the rest because he does that piece as well, Right, but you need to trust God and rely on the sovereignty of God to, as his word says, where God says, I think it's in one of the Psalms where he says, I am watching over my word to perform it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going it's, to do that.
1: It's our responsibility to be obedient to what he's asked us to do, which is to proclaim the gospel. And it is up to the results are all up to him. That, okay. that, that, that takes off all pressure that takes off all you know any anything on my end all i've got to do is i've got to make sure that i effectively understand and communicate the gospel with the giftings that he's given me in the spaces and places where he's placed me i'm here in the space i'm in for the purpose of sharing that message with those with whom he allows me to be in contact with and so that's 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 what i do I, i'm not I'm not trying to figure out the the, the ethnic makeup of, you know, now did I talk to so many blacks today? How many yeah. how many did I meet my quota to? yeah, today? I, I can't. We can't. I mean, I, I've never done that. I, I've simply whoever's there. God prompts me. And there's an open door for to take a conversation, uh, takes a turn into in gospel proclamation. I'm always, always. Looking for that opening. I was, I was uh, the other a couple nights ago, man. We there's a, it's interesting how how there is a group of folk that that I've connected with that are part of our uh, that are now a part of our church body who are from the uh, from the Ukraine. They're from Russia, mm-hmm. and uh, they have. It's interesting because they have figured out a way to make inroads into their own community. Um, they've identified the fact that they know folks that come to Omaha from Russia, from the Ukraine, kind of shop in certain places. They go to certain locations. They mm-hmm. and and they also recognize that because of of that unique ethnic group, that there's some specific needs that they have as they're trying to assimilate into the culture here in in, in America, and then and in in Omaha with, with specificity. So they they use that. They they use that. That that homogeneity of their ethnic group as a as a drawing card for others who are like them to come and talk to them, and so what ends up it, what ends up becoming the result is they have they they tell hey come over if you need any information about the school systems about how to how to navigate maybe shopping how to make certain dishes and you're Russian or or Ukrainian they got the market cornered and so they've invited people into their home. I was with them the other night. Uh, they had, gosh, it had to be 25, 30 people that were there with their children as well. And and in order to get all the information about the, uh, you know, the shopping and the this and that, they do that one on one. In the meantime, what you just walked into is a Bible study where the gospel mm-hmm. is proclaimed. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're using that that homogeneity of their culture to draw others like them into that space and 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 to and to initiate gospel proclamation with the hope that some will come to s- salvation in Christ. Here's what's the interesting part. What's been interesting is over the course of the last two months, they've watched seven people come to faith in Christ, and they've baptized six of them so far.
0: Wow, that's it's, beautiful.
1: It's a beautiful thing. Now, beautiful. I, I, I go. I don't understand a lick of 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 Russian, <laughs> right? And even less in Ukrainian. But they've got an English speaker that's there that that literally sits beside me and interprets the entire Bible study for me, so that I can know what's going on. But it's amazing to witness. They started they started out with about a seventy percent non believer, thirty percent believer mix. Now they're at fifty fifty, and they're getting nervous because they got they feel like they don't have enough non believers that are a part of wow. the group. Yeah, wow. so they, they use it. Wow. They use it as an evangelistic tool to draw others into study, for them to come to Christ. And guess what they do with them next? The next thing they do with them is they take them where? Into the local church. Bingo. Into the local church. Bingo. And so they bring them to Westside Church. So now we have a, a growing uh, Ukrainian-Russian uh, uh, group that's a part of our local congregation, but they're made up of, of those who are believers Bingo. in Christ.
0: Bingo. Bingo. And if you're not a believer, you're not part of the church. Sorry. Right. right. You know, um, you know, you've heard of affirmative action before, right, Virgil? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm not an affirmative evangelist. Right. I don't support e- affirmative evangelism <laughs> based on ethnic uh, impetus. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. No. No. mm Yeah. No. I'm the type of person who... When Jesus says, "Go into all the world,"
1: yeah, you just go, yeah, yeah, you
0: just go. Absolutely, you go. Okay, you go. Period. All right, I. It it is not my concern, and I think I think something that can make my point even better. In Revelation seven, in Revelation seven sixteen, um, it talks about. Um, the, the, the composition ultimately of what the church will look like. Um, and I need to look up that verse here real quick. I thought I had it noted, but I think the ceiling fan may have turned my page, but there's a verse in the, in, in revelation that talks about how the church will be comprised ultimately of souls from every tongue tribe and nation. Absolutely. Revelation uh, seven, nine, right. Revelation seven, nine. Thank you, brother. Revelation Mm -hmm. seven, nine. Now there's a reason that that text is in the last book of the Bible Mm -hmm. because God did it because Mm -hmm. he did it. Mm -hmm. After these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Now that's in Revelation, the last book of the Bible. The reason that's there is because God did what we read in that verse. Mm -hmm. I say that to go back to my earlier point, God doesn't need me. He's going to build his church, and as proof, he's already built it. It's in Revelation 7 9. So, the building of his church with respect to it being comprised of peoples from every nation, that is, every ethnicity, every tribe, peoples, and tongues, is a foregone conclusion. Right. It is a foregone conclusion. There's no need to go not only into panic mode about the degree of ethnic diversity in local congregations, but even worse we need to put an end to this broad brush these broad brush accusations that white evangelical uh, local churches are sinning be, simply because they're predominantly white congregations mm-hmm. that's sin and that needs to stop Absolutely, that needs to stop yeah. so again, I think we've pretty much covered what my goal was to cover Absolutely. Absolutely. in this particular episode of the Just Thinking broadcast. We've discussed what is the church. We've discussed whose idea was the church. And then we've we've also discussed whose church is it.
1: Yeah. And you you even covered what's the, what's the final result based upon the biblical, biblical standard that that's set. The final result is he gets exactly what he desires in the makeup of his
0: bride, the church. It's his church.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's number one. It is his church. God is sovereign over the composition of his church. Our obligation is to share the gospel as God gives us opportunities to do that.
2: Mm.
0: And what was that old uh what was that old saying? I think it was the old Greyhound bus slogan, right? To go back to your awesome analogy. Uh, Virgil, about uh, when you were young and your mother would let you put your hands on the wheel. Yeah. I think it was the old Greyhound uh, advertising tagline said, uh, Go Greyhound and leave the driving to us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <You remember that? laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's just obey God and leave the driving to Him. Absolutely, man. That's a great
1: way to wind it up for this broadcast, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, that's that's it for another episode of the Just Thinking broadcast. We're glad that you tuned in with
0: us. Check back with us next time next week. Any final words you want to share, Brother Darrell? Only, man, as we always try to do on every episode of the Just Thinking broadcast. Thank you all so much for listening for praying for us mm-hmm. and supporting us and encouraging us. We really appreciate it. and We love you. Absolutely. Take care. God bless. Until next time. Grace and peace.